Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Coming up in just a bit, I want to inform Rob about the most recent thing that people are arguing about on the internet. But before we do that, let's continue to update you guys on the pending free agency. Now, we'll see what happens with Chris Jones. We know that Legereus Sneed is going to be under the franchise tag. Are they going to keep Legereus Sneed? Are they going to trade him? Who knows? It is the latest NFL soap opera. Here's the latest from James Palmer of NFL Network. I had a conversation with Brett Veach yesterday where he told me he does think of it as somewhat of a positive the way they went through negotiations a year ago. Because I asked him, is that going to hinder these negotiations? They didn't work something out? Or is it helping you in a sense? Well, he said, well, we actually have some familiarity about the groundwork that we want to work from. And at the end of those negotiations, when it didn't really come to fruition, they kind of knew really specifically where they stood. And I think in Veach's mind, that helps him out a little bit. They wanted to make sure the key portions of these meetings with both of their reps, with Legereus Neen and Chris Jones, happened over these two days. They should be finished up by today, and they'll continue to have those. But I found that to be an interesting spot, Mike, about how things didn't finish on the right end of things, but they do think that could have maybe helped this next time. That was James Palmer of NFL Network. I'm still on the fence about what's going to happen with Legereus Need. This is what I'm maybe conflicted about, Rob. It sounds to me like you think that Chris Jones is going to be back on the team next year. I am still on the no side. I don't think that Chris Jones is going to be on the team next year. So if you're asking me like what I think happens with him, I am on the no. I think that Chris Jones is going to hit free agency. I think that Chris Jones is going to play for another team. And then the Chiefs have a choice. They have a very productive player under the franchise tag that are you willing to let both of those players walk away in free agency or do you reach a long-term extension with a luxurious need and move on from that point? But a lot of this decision, I think, really hinges on their ability to sign Chris Jones to a free agent contract before he hits open free agency and can be, and can be pursued by other teams. The two teams that I have seen the most in sort of mock trades are that make a lot of sense. I've seen a lot of Eagles conversations around Legereus Need. I have seen a lot of Washington Commanders conversations around him as well, which makes a lot of sense to me for a couple of different reasons. Number one, there are two teams in the NFC. I don't think that the Chiefs are trading Legereus Need to the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think they're trading him to the Buffalo Bills or anyone that you would consider to be a direct competition for the Kansas City Chiefs. So if you trade him to the NFC, you get him out of the conference, 
And I'm also looking at teams that maybe have that second round draft pick compensation that you're kind of looking for. And I think Philadelphia and Washington both make a lot of sense. I don't think you're getting a first round pick for luxurious need, but I think a second round pick is certainly more than possible to go get for luxurious need. So at least what, what I've seen, Rob, I've seen Philadelphia as a team that has been thrown out there. I've also seen the Washington commanders thrown out as two likely destinations, two possible destinations for Snead. It makes the most sense to me. I've seen the Eagles mostly because the Eagles have a need at corner. They're going through a change in defensive coordinator. They need a new, they need a new invigoration of talent. You know, that he fits their profile. They have the cap space for him. The chiefs and Eagles obviously could get a deal done. I think the Eagles make the most sense. The commanders to me are fascinating because the commanders carry what the 34th, 35th overall pick. If you're the chiefs and you need a second round pick for Snead, I know it's still a second round pick, but picking at 35 first picking at 62 is wildly different. That's, that's 30 players. I mean, duh, the math. But if you can get the commanders to give you a second-round pick for Legereus Need, you absolutely do that with the commanders. No stopping, no nothing. He could become Dan Quinn's next Darren Bland or Trevon Diggs, whatever. You thank Snead for his time, you move on. If those are the two most popular destinations and those are the two teams that are ringing Brett Veach up the most right now, then Brett Veach needs to find a way to get it done with the commanders more so than he does with the Philadelphia Eagles, even if that's not per se what Snead wants the most because it benefits the Chiefs the most. I'm looking at the draft order. So Washington has the 36th overall pick. That seems kind of high to me. They also have the 40th overall pick. That would be Chicago's, but they traded it. You guys know how it is at this point. If you're looking at Philadelphia's second-round pick, Philadelphia has pick 50. Philadelphia also has pick 53. Washington does have a pick near the top of the third round. They have the 67th overall pick. You and I have kind of said, I think it's either close to the Marcus Peters trade or it's close to the Darius Slay trade of what you're going to get back in, in compensation. If you're the Washington Commanders, and you have the 67th overall pick, and let's say you do a fifth round pick, so a third and a fifth, and you give the Chiefs pick 67, and you also give them pick 138 for Legereus Need. I think that's fair compensation for the most part. You get a high third round pick. You get a bonus pick of a sixth round pick. Maybe you do a little bit of a pick swap, and maybe you get Washington's fourth round pick in exchange for luxurious need. And then if you're Washington, you then proceed to make luxurious need one of the five highest paid corners in the national football league. If I'm kind of talking it out, Washington in this top of the third pick or this top of the third round, that makes a lot of sense to me in a trade. I understand why the commanders would want to do it. We think they're going to get a rookie quarterback. So you get your quarterback at number two, whether it's Jaden Daniels or whether it's Drake may you then try to solidify the defense and you really try to take advantage of your quarterback's rookie contract over the next three, four years. It would make sense to me why a team like Washington would very much be interested in picking up Sunit. I would be down for that. I just want to get ahead of this. You know how this show was, leading the way and being ahead of Marvin Harrison Jr. won't be a chief bandwagon. I don't even know if that was really something to be excited about. There's a lot of people in the text line. I've seen the last couple of days. What about a Sneed for A.J. Brown trade? Do, do we need to go ahead and nix this, or do you want that to live for a little bit before we go out of our way to crush it? I it wish there was a way. You know how, like, on social media, you can pin something to the top? Legereus Sneed is not being traded for a current player in the NFL draft. Our top three texts, hey, CDOT, what do you think about Sneed for A.J. Brown? Another one is, do you think that the Chiefs would trade Sneed straight up for Devontae Smith? No. These are not happening. If and maybe when the Chiefs, when the Chiefs trade Legereus Sneed, they are getting draft picks the way that everybody gets in a trade. They're not getting a current NFL player. That's not how this works. Rob, when's the last time that happened? Are we talking about Champ Bailey and Clinton Portis? When was the last time that an NFL player of note got traded for another NFL player of note? I'm trying to think of when that was. I, I really think the answer is Clinton Portis and no. That's not how this is going. 
They're also not trading Snead plus their number one overall pick to move up in the NFL draft. They're not doing that either. They are not packaging Legereus Need and the 32nd overall pick with the New Orleans Saints to move up to 14. That's also not happening either. I think a Snead trade for a second would be a win for the Chiefs. I worry Chiefs fans would not see Snead for a second round pick as a win. What you laid out with the Commanders, what you laid out with the Eagles. So on the text line right now, what about pick Philly's second round pick at 53? Hey, that's fine too. Maybe an early third, I think, would be a success for the Chiefs. But the idea the Chiefs are going to trade Legereus Need for a first-round pick and or an established NFL player is not happening. So if you are furiously typing a text to the text line right now, what about Snead straight up for Tyreek Hill? Don't waste my time. I do like that we are now. I do like that we have sort of spun the wheel and we have found like a new veteran player. Because when this first happened, it was Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts was the player that he was going to get traded for. We are just going to find a wide receiver on another team. What about Jalen Waddle? No, he's not being traded for any of those things. If Legereus Sneed gets traded, I think the 50th overall pick from Philadelphia is the absolute best case scenario of a trade. The absolute best case scenario. I don't even know what other team between 33 and 50 that we even think is realistic. I mean, there's AFC teams in here. We don't think they're trading him to the Chargers for the 37th overall pick. I don't think he's going to Las Vegas with the 44th overall pick. Yeah, I think the 50th pick from Philadelphia is the best case scenario of what you're going to get for Legereus Need Because you also got to remember, I got to give you the 50th overall pick, and then I have to then sign Legereus Need to a massive contract. I'm not overpaying for that. I'm not overpaying for it. And I also think that it's important to note in these scenarios is I'm not going to kind of do your dirty work for you. You as the chiefs, and you've said this, Rob, you've never paid a corner. So are you guys prepared to give one player, one corner more money than all your other corners combined? We'll let you do it. But I don't think that teams in this, at least if you have a veteran player and you know they're going to use everything against you. They're going to use a knee injury that Snead had from this year against you. They're going to use your history when it comes to paying players. Teams are not looking to do the best team in the NFL any favors. You are not getting, for a player that you are reluctant to pay, you're not getting Devontae Smith out of that deal. That's not how this goes. No. I I think a third and maybe a late-round pick, like a third and a sixth or a third and a conditional seventh or something, maybe a second and a late-round pick the ensuing year, that seems like the most likely destination. Like, it is just not going to be, hey, we, we packaged some picks and we got an elite player back and we gave up pick 32 in Legereus Need. That's just not how things work in the NFL. A lot of people are pointing out the Alex Smith trade. Alex Smith was a quarterback. Alex Smith, very different. And yeah. by the way, Kendall Fuller wasn't in a bad player don't get me wrong but it wasn't like they got a difference maker and a pick they got a guy and a pick yeah I mean a, a lot of the suggestions that people are now throwing out they all involve quarterbacks yeah I mean and now if if you had a quarterback and you were looking to trade a quarterback of note then yeah the conversation would be very very different the compensation would obviously be different but yeah that they, they don't have a quarterback that they are shopping around they have a corner they have a good corner they don't have a great corner, at least not how the league kind of perceives Legereus need. They have a good player. They have Marcus Peters. They have Darius Slay. So I think their compensation is going to look very, very close. If you're asking me right now, I think the Chiefs either get a late second round pick, a high third round pick, and they probably get an additional pick. They get the Washington Commanders 67th overall pick, and they get a sixth round pick in order uh, in exchange for Legereus need, which I would say is a pretty fair compensation to then move on from a player, you get that cap space, you go on in free agency, and you do what you want with the available cap space. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kansas City is Justin Reed. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I want to be clear, I guess, on my feelings toward Legereus Sneed. I don't know if I need to be, given the fact that I would extend Legereus Sneed, but it's neither here nor there. Someone on the text line says, CDOT, Sneed only allowed one touchdown and shut down some of the top receivers in the league last season. The accolades that he got snuffed on shouldn't matter. A first-round pick or a second-round pick plus a late-round compensation, that should be it for Sneed. I agree with you that Sneed was better than maybe people outside of Kansas City perceived him to be last year. But I do think you have to keep in mind that he is a player who has never been named to an all-pro team and never been a pro bowler. I don't know if that's the player that teams are now going to overpay for. And then you have to factor in that it's not just overpaying the Chiefs for a first round pick. It is then you need to turn around and pay that guy based off the franchise tag, which is $19 million for next season. So you're not just signing Sneed to a free agent contract. You got to sign him to a free agency deal and you got to give the Chiefs compensation. We have the stat. There have been two marquee corners who have been traded since 2000 that got back a first round pick. One is Darrell Revis. One was Jalen Ramsey. And that was Jalen Ramsey when he got traded from Jacksonville to the Rams. That's not who Legereus Sneed is. I know what he did last season. You don't think he's Darrell Revis. You remember the feeling around Jalen Ramsey when he got traded from Jacksonville when he went to the Los Angeles Rams? The perception was that he was the best corner in the league heading into it. He was a guy who I think Jalen Ramsey is going to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame someday. So I'm not in any ways trying to be down on Legereus Sneed and what he could command, but I do think a lot of times in these conversations that fans think that their veteran player is worth more on the open market than he actually is. You remember last year, we had this conversation about uh, Orlando Brown, and it was, hey, how could the Chiefs not franchise tag him? Someone would have traded for him. I think the Chiefs tried to, and I think the rest of the league came back and said, we know you don't want to pay him long term, so no, we're not going to let you franchise tag him, so now we can give you a second round pick, and now we got to pay him what he wants. No, you release him. So the Chiefs have taken step one. They now have the control over luxurious need. They can dictate the terms. I just don't think that there is a team that is busting down the door with the 25th overall pick to go get Snead. Because if that was the case, then he would have been traded two days ago. If you could get a first-round pick for luxurious Snead, he would have been traded already. That would have come across the desk. Trust me, the Chiefs are not holding out for more than a first-round pick. Imagine that. You have gotten four years of club control from Legereus Need. He has been incredible. So you spent a fourth round pick four years ago. In a year's t- in four years time, he now turns into the twenty fifth overall pick. Almost every team in the league would take that deal. So I'm not down on Snead in any way. I want the Chiefs to pay Snead. I would let Jones walk in free agency. I would pay Legereus Snead and move on with the best one two cornerback combination in the NFL. But if you are Imagine if you're Philadelphia, for example, and Philadelphia is looking at it from, hey, I know you guys got to figure things out with Chris Jones, and I know that at least the Chiefs have kind of made it seem like even though they are franchise tagging luxurious need, that Jones is still their number one priority in these conversations. Think about since the news has come out, 
It hasn't been, hey, the Chiefs desperately want to get a deal with Legereus Need. It has been they have franchise tag Need, yet their number one priority is somebody else. So I'm going to treat you like that if I come to the negotiating table, and I'm trying to get the best value for my team as well. So I'm not saying that Snead's not valuable. He certainly is valuable. I don't think he's valuable for the 33rd overall pick, though. I think at best you get a late second-round pick. Most likely you get a high third-round pick, and you also get something else because that's better than what you would have got if you simply had just let him walk in free agency. You get the $19 million back in cap space. You allow Joshua Williams now to take over. You've got Jalen Watson. You also have Chamari Connor, who showed a lot of versatility. You draft another corner on a rookie contract, and you move forward. I mean, that's a realistic possibility for the Chiefs. I mean, we've talked about it on the show, and people think I'm a hater or a downer, but if the Chiefs get offered a mid to early second round pick, that's a coup. That's an enormous win for Brett Veach and his group. Like, Marcus Peters had more accolades and took the ball away far more often despite his off-the-field baggage when he left Kansas City and he got, what, a third and a sixth, a second and a sixth? It was, that was the going rate. So if you get the same compensation you got for Marcus Peters, you got for Legereus Sneed, you should be happy. You should walk away like a winner. The idea that, hey, we didn't get pick 11 overall, we got screwed in the deal, is not really how the NFL works. And when it does work that way, because there are some examples of people getting over on other people, it's largely viewed as a huge loss by their team. GMs aren't in the mood to be the news story for getting fleeced. Like, I would say the Seahawks got fleeced for Jamal Adams. They had to give up a top pick for Jamal Adams. He's never been worth that. Those things are such outliers that they don't happen often, and they don't happen often for a reason. Yeah, and I think I'm, I'm reading the text line here. See, out the Pro Bowl doesn't count anymore. All they have to do is look at the tape, and it shows that Snead is one of the top corners in the NFL where people are giving recognition. But I guess at least when it comes time to these accolades, you very rarely see players that don't have any command you a lot back in free agency. Like, think about the players that get traded for substantial amounts. You are either a quarterback, and it's just a simple supply and demand because of the urgency of the position, or you're one of those guys. The perception in the league is not that he is what Marcus Peters was when the Chiefs were shopping him around. You remember, Marcus Peters led the NFL in interceptions, was an all-pro. Now, we had questions about Marcus Peters off the field, but in terms of like the football player Marcus Peters, the perception around the league that is was higher for Marcus Peters than it is for Legereus Need right now. I would say it's maybe around what Darius Slay was. People thought that Darius Slay was a very good corner. Darius Slay's also made the Pro Bowl seven times, too. So, I mean, this is going to tell you now what the rest of the league feels about Legereus Need. That you're right. I thought he should have been an all-pro last year. He certainly should have been on the Pro Bowl last year. But now that he's available to go have, whether it's in free agency or via trade, now the rest of the league will tell you how much they think Snead is worth. And the Chiefs will also tell you what they think Snead is worth. You know the teams are trying to lowball you when it comes to Snead. What is their point where they say, hey, we will just keep him at this price? I also think one thing to keep in mind with the draft conversation is just because you get a second, mid-second, late-second, early third for a player doesn't mean you're locked into picking there. Like, the Chiefs were able to, with all the draft pick compensation they acquired from Tyree Kill, move up to get the player they wanted because they had tons of ammunition available. By getting a second, second round pick or a second, third round pick, you can maybe move up. You're not moving up 30 spots or something crazy, but you can send an alluring package to the team picking at 25 and maybe say, hey, our first plus we have this bonus second, we'll move up six or seven spots. That is a thing that can help. So I think too often when we talk about trading draft picks, we look at it as it's a fixed hard number. Round two, pick 29. Boo. In reality, Brett Veach and the NFL view that as a commodity. They can then turn around and trade for a different commodity. I just don't want you guys to be disappointed if they trade Snead and what they get back in return. That's kind of it more than anything. I don't want you to be disappointed with what they got back in return. Someone said, see why would a team not give up a first round pick for a guy that will lock up a number one wide receiver all season? I, again, I, I just don't think that he's that guy in the way. 
And I, I like Snead. I, I really do. I just, if there was a first-round pick, and they obviously are fielding offers, if there was a first-round pick that was currently on the board for Legereus Snead, we wouldn't be having this conversation because he'd be traded already. Like, I'm looking at the first round. If the Philadelphia Eagles had called with the 22nd overall pick and said, we want Legereus Snead, he would not be on the team anymore. We wouldn't need any other additional compensation. No, that's fine. You're, you got it. You can have Legereus Need for the 22nd overall pick. If Dallas called with the 24th pick and they said, we want Legereus Need to pair with, with uh, Trevon Diggs, he would not be on the team right now. They would have traded him. So they haven't gotten that offer from anybody. Now, maybe they've gotten some second-round offers, and it's on the low end. Like, maybe the Lions came in with pick 61, and they're thinking, hey, we think we can do a little bit better than pick 61. The Lions would actually make a lot of sense to go get LeJarius Need. But if that first-round offer was available, trust me, you would have done it. There are not a lot of players in the NFL, non-quarterbacks, that are worth first-round picks. Think about the guys in the last five years that have been traded for first-round picks. It's been Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, or quarterbacks. It's those kind of guys that get traded for first-round picks. If Snead was one of those guys, he would have been traded by now. I want to play this audio for you guys. Now, Rob, you normally aren't up on the TikTok things the way that I'm up on the TikTok things. But sometimes there is a TikTok incident that even crosses over onto your timeline. Like, you remember the girl that ate those 48 oysters on the date? You remember the other time there was the young lady that the gentleman picked her up and wanted to take her on a date to Cheesecake Factory. And she was like, no, no, I don't want to go to Cheesecake Factory. I'm a high-value woman. I don't want to go to Cheesecake Factory. Those were a couple of stories that crossed over to your timeline, and you saw people debating them. I think I have the next one. Now, it hasn't happened yet, Rob, but I think maybe in the next two days or so, this could be the next topic that crosses over to your timeline. Listen to this young lady's story. So today this dude wrote me on Instagram and he was like, can I send you money? Let me send you money for lunch. So, so I sent him the cash app. Yeah, I just knew I was going to open my cash app and I was going to have at least probably about a hundred bucks. You get what I'm saying? Because like this, I eat and that's how much I spend on my food. I opened my cash app and this man sent me $30. I'm like, $30 is not even half a tank in my car. When I go and eat, I eat full course meals like i order a appetizer a entree and a dessert and a drink that can't even get me two drinks so this young lady was being entertained by this gentleman this gentleman offers to pay for her lunch rob this man sent her 30 dollars for lunch and she said that that wasn't sufficient i think the 30 dollars for lunch is being incredibly generous honestly I think it's very, very generous. I think you sent her too much. Honestly, at $30, I'm going to send you $20. You better go down to five guys. $20 at five guys, it gets you a burger and maybe a small fry. You know, inflation. And you probably got to get a water cup, and you're going to have to steal one of the 97 soda offerings that they have from those machines. $30 for lunch isn't enough in this economy? Rob, you know where I go get my lunch. If I don't go get it from the other place, I go to that Chinese restaurant right around the corner. It's $8 every time. I get my little chicken broccoli, and I get the two crab rangoon, and I tip them $2. I'm out for 10 bucks every time. It's great. $30 is certainly enough to give your lady for lunch. What's going on with dating in this culture? What's going on with society? She said, I like to have an app, an entree, a dessert, and two drinks. At lunch. Goodness gracious. I don't do that at lunch. Lunch is just like, hey, I need some sustenance to get through the day. Now, hey, if you were like, I'm going to do a nice dinner and send you some money, 30 bucks for a dinner, I'm I'm actually on her side. 30 bucks for a dinner, like a nice meal, that's not getting it done. But lunch, you can find a BLT, a club sandwich. You can find a Chipotle burrito. You can do very well on 30 bucks. She expected to open her cash app and see a hundred. She has a hundred dollar lunches every day. Good Lord. And I just want to know, she said that I need to get an entree. She said I need to get an appetizer, an entree and a dessert for lunch. I've never heard of that before. I've never done that one time. Lunches. You're right. I want to get something real quick in about 15 to 20 minutes. I'm coming in here. 
I'm getting the patty melt. I'm going to eat the patty melt real quick, and I'm getting out of here. Lunches, I'm making a quick little Chipotle run. I'm making a quick run to Chick-fil-A. That's what I think of when I'm going to lunch. That's what I'm thinking about. She was talking about a full meal. That's a dinner. Now, if you said, hey, let me take you to dinner, and you only got $30, I would say you're being a little bit cheap in this economy. Are we going to talk about how she's having two drink lunches every day? <laughs> well, I what mean, are you, what are I'm you not doing, mad at that. What are you doing every day at 2 o'clock? A snooze? Like <laughs> Taking a nap. If I'm having two cocktails at lunch, you know what I'm not doing? Much else. Full meal, two cocktails. It's bedtime for Rob. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, I'm just assuming you work on a half day. Yo, are we leaving somewhere after this? Yeah. Where are we going? Can you imagine me and you left the office like, hey, Spec, we'll be back in a little. We're taking a quick lunch. And we came back like, hey, we each had two bourbons, and we had a $100 lunch each. We're done for the day. I just, uh, 30 I mean, I just didn't know that $30 wasn't enough. Have you ever, like, gone out to drink, and then you were surprised at how much the tab was? Because when you were gone, when you left me last week and I had to be here by myself. <laughs> Don't say it like that. <laughs> when I had to be here, I could tell that Quentin wanted to hang out. Like, I could I could feel that Quentin wanted to hang out. I was like, hey, you want to go do something? Yeah, what do you want to do? I was like, you tell me, man. Let, let's go get a beer. Okay, sure. That's fine. If you want to go, we'll, I'm happy to take you. So me and Quentin, we get in the car, right? And he's like, I'm like, hey, you know, you drink? Do you day drink? He's like, yeah, I love to. And I was like, hey, let's just, why don't we just do, you know, little shots in the, in the you know, middle of the day. You know, the Royals were playing spring training. It's like 1 o'clock. So I'm thinking, yeah, we could do like 2 or 3, and then I'll be perfectly fine by the time of the game. They handed me my tab. It was like $65. Like, wait, hold on. How did this become so expensive? Then Quentin tried to, like, fake offer to pay for it. You know how people do. You want me to get it? I looked that up. No, I don't want you to get it. They did the big aggressive yeah, reach. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know how people do when they, like, fake want to make it. Like, he didn't want, like, he could kind of tell that was a lot. So he did the fake, hey, you want me to get it? No, I don't want you to get it. I'm fine. I'm happy to get it. Then they do the fake. You want me to leave the tip? No, I don't want you to leave the tip either. Just, we had a, we had a fun time. We had a good time. Let's not worry about it. I'm pull- happy that you could come. Did he have his phone? I was like, hey, what's your Venmo? I had the scan, the QR code's not working. My, I, think I hate my, when people do I that. I think the camera's no good on my phone. I'll, I'll just hit you next time. Venmo's just so weird right now. Oh, yeah, no. I, then I also wonder this, too. I know everybody's situation is different. If me and you go out to get pizza and the pizza's $15, bro, I'm not hitting you, hey, Venmo me the $8. No. You know what? I'll get the pizza this time, and then the next time we go out for lunch, it is now your turn to cover the lunch. That's perfectly fine with me. That's perfectly fine. I would agree with that. Unless you're doing those $100 lunches, then the game obviously changes a little bit. But, yeah, if if me and you went out for Chipotle and you're like, hey, I got your burrito, I would get you a burrito down the line. Yeah, I'm not me a burrito vi- down the line. Yeah. I'm not Venmoing you 933 or whatever. That's a waste of everyone's time and energy. Yeah, no, I uh... – you could tell when Quinn, he was like starting to tell me like his like career dreams and goals and aspirations and stuff. And I'm like, bro, it's three o'clock. And I don't know why you thought this was the, the purpose of this. I thought we were just going to get to know each other. He's telling me his dreams and hopes and goals. Like, I can't, I can't help you with any of this. It's not what I'm here for. I'm here to watch NFL live. That's why I'm here right now. That, that's my, that's my goal with all of this. It's to watch NFL live. Uh, I still can't get over this. I know we talked about this yesterday. I don't care that we talked about this yesterday. I still can't get over this audio clip. I don't know if this year, Rob, we will play any clip that is more ridiculous than this one. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. But today, Xavier stepped into the pressure He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Now, if I know anything about Xavier, and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chiefsaholic, we know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled, and he fell, he didn't let his knee touch the ground. And that's because he's capable 
of doing a great thing. And he knows that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chief's Kingdom, he loves Kansas City, and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. Thank you and God bless. Uh, a couple of things here. What does Chief Saholic's lawyer want me to do for Chief Saholic in this scenario? Like, does he expect me to put money on his books? Does he expect me to write Chief Saholic a letter? Does he want me to tell Chief Saholic to keep his head up? Like, what, what, what support does he expect me, the common citizen, what support does he want me to have for him while he's in the pen? Is he planning on coming on the show? I mean, if Chief Saholic wants to come on the show, I'll put some money on his books. Rob, how much money are we putting on the books for Chief Saholic if he agrees to sit down with us from jail and talk about his crimes? How much money are you willing to contribute to his to his commissary? I'll get him a honey bun. Made some cigarettes? Yeah, I'm happy to contribute. I'll get him some ramen noodles, some oodles and noodles. They got oodles and noodles in jail? I don't know. I've never been. They got oodles and noodles? They got to. I mean, you presume. I'm the wrong person to ask as well. I've never spent time in jail. I just didn't know. I just can't get over the fact that his lawyer, how how long do you think he took to write that out? How because that, oh, he, he, he was definitely cooking though. That's so many football analogies. That was not just off the cuff. If he spent half the time on the actual case, maybe he wouldn't be pleading guilty today or yesterday, excuse me. But instead, he was like, let me get some football puns off. Also, and we talked about this yesterday, when he says Chief Saholic will never give up. Isn't pleading guilty the definition of giving up? No, you Isn't gave that up. concession? Hey, you got me. No, you gave up. Like <laughs> you definitely gave up. What are you up. talking about? He'll never give up. We plead guilty. <laughs> <laughs> no, you gave up. <laughs> you absolutely gave up. So he was charged with multiple charges related to 11 bank robberies or attempted robberies in seven states. He pleaded guilty to one count money laundering, one count of transporting stolen property across state lines, and one count of bank robbery filed in the Northern District of Oklahoma. I'm assuming that he also pled guilty to some other things. That's what I'm assuming. I'm just trying to figure out what does he, what does he think that I'm supposed to do in this scenario, like how, how can I help? How can I contribute to Chief Saholic cause? Because I'm not here to help in his cause in any way. In fact, I'm here to support the I'm here to support the authorities. I'm happy you got this menace off the streets. That's what I am. I'm. You know what? I want to take the time to thank law enforcement for tracking down this criminal and keeping him off our streets. Keep him away. I never want him to see the Arrowhead renovations. I don't want him to go to the downtown Royals game. Never. I never want him to go to any of those places. Keep him away from us, criminal. I would much prefer if Thief. Chief Saholic didn't say things like, his lawyer didn't say things like, and he knows Chief's kingdom still loves him. We don't. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Pass. You have given us all a bad name. We are not buddies. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. What are you talking about? Someone said jail ramen is the best. I'm going to take your word at it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I have absolutely no clue. That's not something I want to experience. It's not something I'm trying to figure out. Salute to everybody. Keep your head up. It's got to be tough. I want everybody to keep their head up, but Chief Saholic. In fact, don't keep your head up. You gave up. You're done. Coming up on the other side, we'll get back to Chiefs Free Agency. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. The weekend. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot take. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. A little bit of breaking news in the sports calendar. Caitlin Clark has made the decision that she is not going to come back next year for her final year of college basketball. So, Caitlin Clark could come back for one more year. She could use her COVID year, but... She has made the decision that this is going to be her final season at the University of Iowa. Quote, while this season is far from over and while we still have a lot more goals to achieve, it will be my last one here at Iowa. I'm excited to be entering the 2024 WNBA draft. It is impossible to fully express my gratitude toward everyone who has supported me during my time here at Iowa. My teammates who have made the last four years the best coaches, trainers, and staff who has always let me be me, Hawkeyes fans who fill our arena every night, and everyone who came out to support us across the country, especially the young kids. More importantly, none of this would be possible without my family and friends who have been by my side through it all. Because of you, my dreams have come true. Caitlin Clark has announced that this will be her last year at Iowa. I'm kind of sad by this. I'm sad. Now, maybe she is getting this season that I want, like this year. Rob, you know how cool it would be if she came back for one final year next year and we all knew that this was it? And how much of a college basketball rock star she would be? I mean, she'd be the most popular college basketball player since Tim Tebow? Like, if she came back, I understand it's on a football scale, but I mean, like, in terms of, like, universal appeal. Baker Mayfield? There was a large group of people that didn't like Baker's attitude. You remember Baker that last game when he was at KU and he was, it it was a lot of nonsense. You don't really know anybody that dislikes Caitlin Clark. And if she was going into her last year at Iowa, where it is just a victory lap of, Hey, I am the leading scorer all time in college basketball. And I'm going to put these numbers completely out of reach of everybody. The kind of worldwide tour that they would be on next season. I mean, I get what you're saying. It would be great for collegiate athletics, but there's nothing left for her to accomplish in college, Carrington. I am am surprised by this, though. This is why I thought there was a chance that she was going to stay. Is she taking a pay cut next year? Because I think about the name, image, and likeness and how much money she was set to make for the year that I'm talking about where, I mean, I already think she is the star of women's college basketball. She's a star of basketball, period. If she decided to come back for one more season next year, the amount of name, image, and likeness and money that would be circled around her for next year. So I don't know what the, I'm, I'm saying. Like, like now going to the, I'm I'm going to guess. I do not know this. I'm going to guess that she makes more money this year than she makes at the than she will make being the number one overall pick in next year's WNBA draft. All in. What are WBA contracts like? I, I just I just don't know. I, I don't know either. This is honestly a I mean I don't know. If ignorance is the right wrong term, but. It's very possible she's taking a pay cut because her NIL has to be incredible. Like I, I just did a quick Google search. The highest paid WNBA player makes $240,000. She is making she's that, making that yeah, yeah. easy right now. Now, I mean, this other player, I'm assuming they have some kind of endorsements, but you probably don't know who the highest WNBA player is. Her name is Erica Wheeler. She plays for the Fever. She makes a little less than two hundred and fifty. So let's assume this is close to what Caitlin Clark's going to make next year. Is she getting all the same endorsements? I mean, she's not going to have the same level of visibility that she currently has at Iowa. More people watch women's college basketball than watch the WNBA. Like, I'm not surprised from a basketball standpoint. Like, she has maximized everything you can do as a college player. I do think that she was maybe the first example in women's college basketball that maybe shows the, hey, it's in my best interest. Remember Angel Reese after last year, she said, I am in no rush to go to the WNBA. I make more money now than I would make at the next level. With all the brand endorsement, with all the deals that I make, it is not in my best interest financially to go to the next level. 
And that's why, like, at least on the text line, someone says text line 913-586-7610. Good for her. Now we can stop acting like we actually like women's college basketball. I think you guys are going to be surprised how much room there is to grow in women's college basketball over the next couple of years. And that women's college basketball has something that men's college basketball doesn't have. It has stars in it. Like, I know all of you don't watch women's college basketball. Juju Watkins, who plays at UCLA, or USC, excuse me, she is going to be, not the next Caitlin Clark, she is going to be the next women's college basketball player that people talk about. Oh, I I don't know. Paige, I cannot pronounce her last name, at UConn. Yeah, the Paige who, Beckers. Beckers. Per, she's been back, hurt, but she's healthy she's now. She's Michael Porter Jr. She's coming back now. She's going to be in her sixth year. UConn's going to make Michael her. Thomas. She was really good three years ago, and we haven't seen her since. But if she's healthy again at UConn, she'll be the one. I mean, if you are a good women's basketball player at UConn, you become a star in the sport. Diana Taurasi was a star in the sport. All these players, Sue Bird was a star in the sport. UConn women's people are stars. I think she has a better chance than Juju Watkins because – do we watch West Coast sports like that? No, we don't. But, I mean, I, I also wouldn't have told you, like, if I told you two years ago that the biggest star in college basketball, like, if I told you that the biggest star in college basketball was a women's player on Iowa, you would have laughed at me. And that is the case right now. Like, the text line right now, CDOT, it has stars. Stop it. Angel Reese is a bigger star than any player in men's college basketball right now. That is not a, that is, it, it's not debatable. Caitlin Clark is a bigger star right now than any player in men's college basketball. She was on the Manning cast this year. Is there any men's college basketball player that moves the needle right now? Who is it? Who's the best player in men's college basketball? Zach Eady from Purdue? I mean, it's either Zach Eady. It might be Caleb Love. Caleb's really good at Arizona. Armando, Armando Baycott at North Carolina. But the fact that me and you who do this for a living are struggling to find a person is... A sign that there is a one, and that's okay. I just think that people are maybe slow to America is certainly changing its mindset towards women's sports. And I do think where there is a there is a disconnect right now in men's college basketball in terms of people that you feel like you can gravitate towards. I don't think that that player currently exists in men's college basketball. I don't think that there is a coach that people identify. I'm not like no disrespect towards Bill Self. He he doesn't move the needle outside of this area. He doesn't move the needle in that way. Not in the way that coaches like Bayheim used to move the needle or John Thompson used to move the needle. I just I just think that right now men's college basketball it is a very faceless sport and there is not one person that gets you to sit down on your couch and watch the games that I think at least in women's college basketball, and they have done a really good job. And some of that is just over time that we saw Caitlin Clark last year. She is an incredible player. She came back to school. She's also at the same school and you created a hero and a villain story. And I think that that's what men's college basketball doesn't have. So like it, like I know some of you don't like Angel Reese, like the top text right now, Angel Reese is incredibly unlikable. No one likes their trash talking, run their mouth. That's what men's college basketball used to have. It used to have a player that you said, I don't like that guy. That's what J.J. Redick was. That's what Tyler Hansborough was. That's what Marshall Henderson was at Ole Miss. Who's the college basketball player you don't like right now? There isn't no, one now. One, you don't even know who they are, so you got to know who they are to dislike who they are. I think they get it back next year, though. Cooper Flag is going to have the Leitner effect. He is a white guy who is... We said the same thing about Grady Dick. Gray Dick was disliked locally. Cooper flags at Duke. I I love Kansas. Duke's a bigger deal. Duke's a bigger deal in Kansas. I mean, I don't dislike Grady Dick. You know, I would have loved to have hated a KU player. (laughs) I didn't dislike him. Now, I wasn't a big Christian Brown fan, but I got that way because Christian Brown stayed there. And if Christian Brown had come back for that year, and I get why he left. You were a first-round pick. You went to the Nuggets. You made the right decision. If Christian Brown had came back, he would have had that effect that you talk about. They won the national championship, and he was super outspoken. People like you would have loved him because he was on your team. People like me would have hated him because he was on the other team. So I I, I get that college women's college basketball isn't everybody's bag, but you at least got to give women's college basketball. They at least give you players that move the needle in some aspect. 
and there is not a single player on Houston that you are watching. There is not a single player on UConn or Tennessee or none of these games. There is not a single player in men's college basketball that moves the needle and has got you to watch their sport this year. There's There are multiple of those players right now in women's college basketball. The women's college basketball season is more interesting than the men's college basketball season. And as we get to the Sweet 16 and the games get more important, you are going to be very, very surprised at what the ratings look like if Caitlin Clark and LSU advance. You will be very, very surprised at how many people are watching and how it will be talked about. Like, legitimately discussed. People are watching the game. People are breaking down the game. I think you are going to be very, very surprised at how many people are interested in this year's women's college basketball tournament because they have done a really good job of developing players that people want to hear about and people care about. Coming up on the other side, Mitchell Shorts, our guy, chimed in on the NFL owner's report. I'll read to you what he said. Keep it right here, so drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 